0: Daddy, would you like some podcast? This show is dirty language and tall green references. Which might be worse. Listen responsibly. <laughs> Ears, it's time for Bum Bum A Movie. I'm Dave Michaels. <laughs> I'm Brian Betts. And this is the show where me and Brian go back and forth, surprising each other week
1: after week with what we're going to watch the following week. And boy, was I surprised this week.
0: I feel like I gave you like a nice little tease, and then I just dropped a bomb on you. Yeah. For this one yeah. at least. Like you knew this one was coming at some point.
1: I just didn't know it was going to be this soon.
0: Not on the heels of Paddington. <laughs>
1: I mean, if you're looking for a change in tone, you nailed it.
0: Absolutely. I feel like I crushed it. But it was one of those things where I feel like we we were just a little too high on Paddington. I was like, huh, how can we challenge that just a little bit? Oh, I know just the thing.
1: <laughs> challenge. That is a word you could use to describe this movie.
0: <laughs> I think it's the perfect word. Because this week, we are talking about the 2001 feature film, Freddy Got Fingered, written, directed, and starring... Tom, fucking green, I'm giving it to him before you get the
1: chance to not. No, absolutely give it to him. Uh, I was not going to withhold the fucking from this man for this movie.
0: I gotta know, have you seen this thing before? I have
1: never seen this movie before. And
0: now that you are in a
1: post-you've-seen-Freddy-got-finger world. (sighs) I'm in a post-fingered world. Why don't you give me your thoughts? This movie gaslights you into thinking it's a bad movie and then gaslights you again into thinking it's a good movie. <laughs> it gets it, you on both sides. It's, great. it's like it, it gaslights you into thinking it's smarter than it is and then that it's dumber than it is or the opposite. I don't know, but it's not what you think it is. So what is it? That's a great question.
0: All right. I think that's maybe what we try to figure out here. With yeah, this episode, this, is what is bottomless. Freddie
1: got finger? What was Tom Green's intention here? Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> we, we will get there. We'll absolutely get there. Do you want to dive right into this thing?
1: I mean, I feel like there's no other movie that's more appropriate to just dive into. Just
0: drop in on our driveway skateboard ramp and hope nothing bad happens.
1: Exactly. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Ain't nothing terrible going to happen today. I get excited for just about every show that we do, but
0: this one, I am particularly excited about. It's a movie I've wanted to talk about for years.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little peek behind the curtain here. W- Wikipedia skips some parts for sure. I appreciate you telling me that.
0: And I will make sure that we fill in those delicious blanks.
1: <laughs> delicious is a word that you decided to use. I did. i remind you of that. It was a choice. We're going to start off with story motivation, the first category in our score, uh, for which we pull the plot synopsis right off of Wikipedia.
0: And before you get going, I want to interrupt you with, it's a review of this movie. Okay. It's not the review. Roger Ebert has the review for this movie, the famous one. But just to kind of set the, the scene for everybody, so you know what is about to happen. The words that are about to be said and exchanged, <laughs> and that are written on the Wikipedias. The Toronto Star gave this movie a minus one out of five stars. It was the first time in the publication's history that it ever had to do that.
1: Invented a new score.
0: Well, they had to. And also, Red Letter Media's Mike Stocklassa, he described this movie as the second worst thing to happen in 2001. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, and just to kind of balance that a little bit, to show just how confusing all of this is, this movie, A.O. Scott said, like it or not, Tom Green's an artist. And you know what?
1: Not wrong. (laughs) Not wrong, but now that the scene is set, Brian, take it away. Unemployed 28-year-old cartoonist Gordon Gord Brody, played by Tom fucking Green, leaves his parents' home in Portland, Oregon, to pursue his lifelong ambition of obtaining a contract for an animated television series.
0: He wants to make his parents
1: proud. He sure does. Proud! I don't think I've Proud. Ever proud. I don't think I've ever had as much fun as Tom Green does just laying in bed looking at cartoons he's drawn. <laughs> he loves it so much. He's having the best time just looking at pictures that he's drawn. The cat, he could see
0: through wood, see through doors. Just wood? He can see through doors. Just wood. <laughs> uh quick question to Freddie, who's played by Eddie fucking K fucking Thomas. Uh do you have a LeBaron? Do you, Freddie? Do you have a LeBaron?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh Gord's parents, Jim, played by Rip Fucking Torn, and Julie, played by Julie fucking Haggerty, give him a Chrysler LeBaron which he drives to Los Angeles and starts work at a cheese sandwich factory to make money.
0: I see what you mean when you say that Wikipedia skipped over things.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, it did.
0: Because on his way from Portland to Los Angeles, he stops outside of a a stud farm for horsies, and he jerks off a horse. He sure does. While yelling, I'm a farmer, daddy. I'm a farmer.
1: Yeah, and this this is the first point in the movie where I'm like, Oh, okay, yeah. Now that there's Tom Green, I was waiting, because it was like, this seems like it's going to be an actual movie, and that's not what I expected. And then he jerks off a horse, and I went, yep, okay.
0: That's what you expected.
1: That was what I was waiting for. In L.A., Gord shows his drawings to Dave Davidson, played by Anthony fucking Michael Hall, the CEO of a major animation studio. Davidson commends the artwork, but calls the concepts depicted, including a vigilante x-ray cat, nonsensical.
0: Now, hold the fucking phone here, Wikipedia. <laughs> Drew Barrymore exists in this movie's universe. She absolutely does. And she is possibly the receptionist, possibly his assistant, Dave Davidson's assistant. I don't know what. Something like that. But Tom Green is dressed at, Is this when he's dressed as a copper at this point, or is that when he goes to the restaurant a little bit? That's the restaurant. Okay. He barges into this animation <laughs> studio... Saying that Dave Davidson's wife has died, and then he needs to tell him right away. And Drew Barrymore is there, getting very upset about this. And then he tries to hit on her. <laughs> yep, <laughs> out of nowhere. And this is while they're either dating or married in real life. Right. So it's a complete fucking mess. But
1: oh god, absolutely wonderful. And then he shows up at the restaurant that Dave yelling at, at just
0: random blonde-haired people.
1: Are you Dave Davidson? <laughs> Are you Dave Davidson? Dressed up as like an English Bobby from Paddington last week. And just, uh, yeah, sticks his animation in in Dave Davidson's face. But Dave Davidson handles it in a professional way. He does a really good job of handling it even after Gord pulls out a gun and puts it in his own mouth.
0: (laughs) Right, a plastic gun. And he doesn't even, like, blink. Dave Davidson doesn't even, like, move for He's Not like, that's a fake
1: gun. This is a fucking weirdo. Fine.
0: <laughs> but he says, like, your drawings are pretty good. Your characters suck. Right. The story sucks. There is no story. So he kind of gives him that constructive criticism. He says, you got to get into the minds and the <laughs> bodies of
1: these animals that you are drawing. Exactly.
0: Which is a very, very, very important thing.
1: Into these animals. <laughs> Disheartened, Gord quits his job and returns to his parents.
0: This is also after the cheese factory thing didn't work out. We were literally putting slices of American cheese on bread in a factory. Yep. And then eventually he gets so bored by that that he has to take a giant chunk of salami and start waving it around like he's got a penis, Just there.
1: <laughs> Prenus. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to ride the conveyor belt at the cheese factory with a giant salami between your legs. But then, of course, on his drive back, of course,
0: <laughs> to Portland, uh. he stops at said stud farm again to <clears throat> sexually eat his sandwich while watching a horse fucking another horse.
1: Yeah. Yes, it's a very sexual sandwich eating scene.
0: And then he finds Roadkill on the side of the road. Stinky. He cuts it open like he's stuck on fucking Hoth, and he needs warmth to survive the night. Yup. And then he's just wearing a dead deer carcass over himself to get into the animal. And he's of course get- he gets hit by a truck.
1: <laughs> and he stands up and says, I did not see that coming. Oh my God, it's wonderful. Oh we are like five God. minutes into this movie. It's absolutely insane. Gord's dad, Jim, constantly insults and belittles Gord following his return home, telling him to forget about being an animator and get a job. When Gord pressures his friend Darren, played by Harlan fucking Williams, into skating on a wooden halfpipe he's built outside the Brody home, Darren falls and breaks his leg.
0: Yeah, let's just leave it at that, that he just fell and, oh, my leg hurts, I'm going to leave now.
1: I have a broken leg. Whoops! no, 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 no. No. We have broken bones protruding through his shin, and Gord's going to lick (laughs) them. He's absolutely going to lick it. (laughs) Going to lick the broken bones.
0: It is so wonderful. (laughs) Uh,
1: And the whole time, Rip Torn is just screaming out a window for them to shut up. It's
0: fantastic. Man, it just makes me so happy. Like, this whole movie. Like, I have a degree in filmmaking from Hofstra University. (laughs) I've worked Uh, with some of the biggest names in Hollywood making movies in my short time that I was involved in making movies. (laughs) And I will never not laugh watching Tom Green lick Harlan Williams' broken bone that is sticking through its skin.
1: I'll never not laugh. It's it's never not going to be funny. It's hysterical while Rip Torn is screaming out a window.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God.
1: At the hospital, Gordon personates a doctor, delivers a baby, and meets an attractive nurse named Betty, played by Marissa fucking Coughlin. Marissa Coughlin, Betty in this, she's the same girl as Ursula in Super Troopers. Uh, The girl.
0: The girl. I guess. And she has a hobby, as she calls it, which involves flipping creamers. She flips creamers. Like she's never gotten seven in, in a row. Cream, and she says it's it's my hobby, which is That's, just a weird thing in it's general. A super weird. It's hobby. a real
1: weird thing. Wikipedia really kind of brushes over the more important part of that sentence, though, which is he delivers a baby. Yeah, he absolutely delivers a baby while you have
0: these other two women in the room playing like tribal drums, <laughs> and Harlan Williams is in this ward for whatever reason. Yeah,
1: for some, these are the four people you have in this hospital room: this guy, guy with a broken bone, woman delivering a baby, and then these two.
0: He pulls the baby out of this woman, and she says, "You need to cut the cord." To which Tom Green, naturally, just starts gnawing on the cord with yeah. his with his mouthal region and his he, teeth.
1: He does. He he bites through the umbilical cord. It <laughs>
0: does. And then the mom says, "The baby's not crying." <laughs> So, of course, Tom Green is going to spin the baby in the air while holding it by the umbilical cord. And it starts crying, luckily. And he gives the baby back to the mother. And the mother's very grateful for this. She is. But Gord saved the day. He saved the day. No matter what
1: they say, he saved the day. He saved the day. Despite being kicked out of this hospital, (laughs) he saved the day. So Betty, the nurse, uh, uses a wheelchair and has an obsessive penchant for fellatio. And wants to create a rocket-powered wheelchair. That's her backstory.: It's a backstory. It's more backstory than we've gotten in from anyone in this movie.: That's
0: true. She has a character. Has a and character. it will have development
1: Gord lies to his father that he has a job in the computer industry and goes out to a restaurant with Betty. But first he puts on, <laughs> he puts on Riptorn's suit backwards, and he, he's singing a song about being the backwards. backwards man. man the man. Backwards, backwards, man, man I'm I the can backwards, do man you can. I'm
0: the backwards, man, the backwards, man. <laughs>
1: That goes on for way longer than you think it will.
0: But it's so good. I love when he goes to talk to Rip Torn. He walks backwards to him first, then turns around. You see his face. He turns around again like he's confused what to do. <laughs> Tom Green, it's so say good. what you will. It's so he good. He knows what he's doing.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that that right there is proof of just the insane attention to detail and the comedic timing. and the. It was like watching a cartoon character do it. It was just...
0: Yeah. Absolutely. That's the best way to put it. And I love how, again, Wikipedia is on blast for this entire episode. It should be noted. <laughs> yes. Because before they go to this fancy restaurant, they meet up at Betty's house where she shows them all the rockets and stuff. And right away, she's like, I just want to suck your cock. And right. then she takes out like a bamboo stick that she keeps <laughs> in the back of a wheelchair <laughs> and tells Gord to just hit her legs. Yeah. Well, and he gives her him, like a love tap, and it's all fine. She says, You got to do it harder. And he starts hitting harder, and then eventually he's beating the shit out of her dead <laughs> legs, and she's getting off to it. Yeah. Uh, it just shows the insanity of what this relationship could be.
1: It's pretty crazy. And then, of course, Gord hits her in the face with the bamboo stick, and she's like, ow, I didn't ask for that. She said, I
0: can feel my face, kick can't feel my legs. What the fuck,
1: Gord? <laughs> and then she sucks the dick.
0: Well, naturally. Naturally. That's how the button of the scene has to go. And, and the was- way that he responds to it- how he's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, no,
1: no, no, no. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and then it's their second date that he's like, "I'm just get- <laughs> You give me a blowjob right now. It'll be a hundred percent blowjobs and zero percent actual dates. That doesn't <laughs> feel right. At least if we go on one date, it'll be one blowjob, one date, and the ratio will be make more a little more sense. He cares." That's all it shows. He cares. He cares. So she agrees to go on this date with him. At this fancy restaurant. At this fancy restaurant where he's wearing the suit that he borrowed from his dad, who he lied to about having a job in the computer industry. I'm just going to
0: say fuck Wikipedia right now and just go off the dome. (laughs) He has a briefcase next to him. (laughs) And he pushes the tape recorder to make a phone rig. Yep. And he answers a phone. And it is very, very clearly
1: not a cell phone. No, this is this is, this is a home cordless phone. This is phone. a
0: home cordless phone. It's enormous. And he starts yelling at the top of his lungs while he's eating. Was it a fish? It was a fish. About how he has to fire Bob because of 40 fucking million 40 Deutschmarks, Bob!
1: Fucking million 40 million fucking
0: Deutschmarks, Bob!
1: The entire restaurant is looking at him. Including... His father Jim.
0: And his father Jim wants to know why he's not at his brand new computer job. He could have just said, I got the night off, or it's night, dad.
1: It's yeah, this is nighttime. That's not when the computer industry is active. But then Jim starts disparaging Betty due to her disabilities, and they break out into a fight.
0: They break out into a fight, and this is like Gord's climbing on top of like the bar and he's spraying like the the <laughs> soda gun at people in the restaurant and yelling that it is a fancy restaurant. Right. Because that's what the waiter stupidly said. That you can't do that in here. It's a fancy restaurant. Which I don't know what waiter in their right fucking mind would ever call out that it is a
1: fancy restaurant. You know, fancy restaurants don't have to claim that they're fancy. They know they're fancy. So, you know what? Good on Gord. Exactly. Good on
0: Gord and then good on the dad for just standing in the restaurant. Again, Yelling. Just screaming it off his lungs.
1: After the fight in the restaurant, Gord is arrested and Betty bails him out. Following her advice, Gord attempts to continue drawing. However, he gets into an argument with Jim, who then smashes Gord's pipe. Jim sucks. Jim does suck. He's very angry. But also, Gord is 28 years old and keeps coming back home, so I kind of understand. Jim doesn't need to smash
0: this pipe, It's the only thing his kids ever, like gone through with was building this thing. That's true. Could just support his kid but instead he, he drives his truck directly through it <laughs> and Rip Torn, just imagine Rip Torn being ripped Torn and you've nailed it. That's then exactly that's what his face exactly is does. doing.
1: He is Rip Torning all over the screen.
0: This is the most Rip Torn has
1: ever ripped Torned. Gordon, and his parents then go to a family therapy session where Gord falsely accuses Jim of fingering Gord's <laughs> younger brother, Freddie, the titular Freddie Getting Fingered.
0: And he's played by Eddie K. Thomas. And I love how this ends with Gord throwing a statue bust out a window
1: and then Gord jumping out the window. You know, therapy can be tough. <laughs> it could be tough. <laughs> the 25-year-old Freddie is then sent to a home for sexually molested children despite looking nothing like a child. Nope. Nope. <laughs> While Julie, being fed up with his abusive behavior and short temper, leaves Jim and ends up dating the basketball player Shaquille O'Neal.
0: That is sprinting through this movie.
1: Also, they leave out the whole scene where Rip Torn is in the basement with Gord
0: telling him to fuck him. Rip Torn has his pants around his ankles, slapping his own ass, telling Gord to fuck him. (laughs) Just yelling it at him. And he wonders what's the worst thing that's coming. But he also, like, rips up his pictures, and that's not cool.
1: That's not cool. Because he's finally, like, refocused on doing the animation thing. And drunken Rip Torn comes in and Rip Torns all his paperwork. He does. And, and poor Eddie K. Thomas sitting in, in this <laughs> home for molested sexually children.
0: molested children home. And did you notice what Eddie K. Thomas, Freddie was watching on TV? Was it Texas Chainsaw Massacre? It was not. It was the surgery oh, that Tom oh, Green yeah, yeah. had when to he got picked up his testicular cancer ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I did notice that when he gets picked up by by protective services. Which is a totally watching. normal thing to be watching on TV at any given moment. But when they go to the children's the molested children's home, all the kids are watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They are, which is fantastic.
0: I feel like we're not
1: like being able
0: to play as much in this movie due to how ridiculous it because is. Because it's insane. Like, this movie has
1: sort of defeated us in that way. How do you play with a movie that that can't be played with? I don't know, man. I don't know. You can't make it more absurd than it already is. And Shaquille O'Neal is in this movie. And he starts
0: air-humping the air. As you would do, I guess, when you air-hump the air. That was kind of inferred, wasn't it? He starts air-humping the air. Like, poor Julie Haggerty would be split in half. Oh, God. you absolutely destroy her. Like that incident that she had on the airplane back in the 70s with Stryker. (laughs) Right. In the the film, Airplane. Oh, the titular airplane. Would not be nearly as bad as what Shaquille O'Neal would do
1: to her. While in a drunken stupor, Jim tells Gord how much of a disappointment he is to him. Affected by his father's words, Gord decides to abandon his aspirations to be a cartoonist and gets a job at a local sandwich shop. It's not just any sandwich shop.
0: Because there's a clear sign on the on the window that says "Cheese Factory Experience Required." Yeah, that's what he needs. That's like the the, it's the perfect place for him to go to.
1: It really is. It's the next progression in his career for sure in his field of cheese sandwiches. I think it's a customer who's upset about the lack (laughs) of cheese on his cheese sandwich.
0: loses his mind at this guy because he's like we don't want that we don't want you to be telling us leaving bad yelp reviews that our cheese sandwiches don't have enough cheese i can lose all of this because our cheese sandwiches don't have enough cheese
1: this is the most real depiction i've ever seen of what a person working in retail or in, in service industry wants to do to a customer with a ridiculous request he
0: starts piling on Just all of the craft singles that he has there. And I love how this customer goes, What the fuck do you want me to do with that? To which Tom Green, in the most Tom Green way, (laughs) says, You could stick it in your bum bum.
1: It is perfect. It's, I mean, no notes. No notes at all. None needed. None needed. After seeing a television news report on Betty's successful rocket powered wheelchair, Gord is inspired to pursue his dreams once again. He returns to Hollywood with a concept based on his relationship with his father, an animated series called Zebras in America. Just
0: to kind of let everybody know my love for this movie, because it's <laughs> a love. It is very much a love. It's not like a, hey, Arnold, right, like, like this movie. No, this is a is full-blown a, fucking love.
1: This, this movie is like a, a Cold Stone gotta have it.
0: My fan's football team name for conservatively 10 years, probably longer than that at this point, has been Zebras in America. That's phenomenal. I love this movie. I hate myself for loving this movie.
1: I love this movie. To give you an idea of what Zebra's in America is like, it came out what is it, fifteen, sixteen years before Rick and Morty. Yeah, it kind of came out even a little bit before Family Guy. I'd say, and like it, it kind of hits both of those. It really does areas pretty hard. It has that feel of like the the improvisational dialogue that you get from like a Rick and Morty, even though. Who knows where that's going to go with all the the issues around Justin
0: Roiland? It's one of those that you want to say you didn't see coming, but at the same time. You're like, yeah, no, that
1: totally makes it sense. It totally checks out. I'm not surprised at all. But yeah, Zebras in America, I think. Look at my hooves! My hooves! I mean, tell me that's not just, oh, um, Zebra Rick. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. It's exactly what it is.
0: Absolutely what it is. What it is.
1: <laughs> Jim follows Gord to Hollywood after threatening darren to reveal his whereabouts
0: i like how he starts kicking harlem williams cast until he <laughs> answers him he goes he went to hollywood we'll to all God. God, yes. and it's phenomenal because tom green of course is just going to burst into dave davidson's office in hollywood yeah to start just showing him the pictures again and dave davidson's not really all that freaked out by it because he knows that it seems like Gord's
1: mostly harmless he's just eccentric he's extremely eccentric and and he's already shown that if he's a danger to anybody, it's himself. Exactly.
0: Dave Davidson's like, this is unrealistic.
1: No one exists like this. Yeah, there's there's no people that actually exist like the the characters you're pitching me right now. And then Jim bursts in and trashes <laughs> Dave Davidson's office.
0: He's like throwing Gord into like the trophy shelf and stuff. And the whole time, Dave Davidson's like, oh, yes. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, he thinks Jim's actions are a part of Gord's pitch. And he greenlights Zebras in America and gives Gord a million dollar check. Just on the spot. On the spot. He's like, you know what? Normally I'd have to think about something like this. But here, I'm going to write you the check right now. Greenlit. One million dollars. Zebras in America.
0: Sold. It's fantastic. And now I'm going to let you read this next paragraph that I see here. (laughs) Okay. Because this ending is just the most buck wild thing ever. It It gets pretty bonkers here. (laughs) Like the escalation, we've already escalated. We've already escalated so much. Like, I don't know how much farther you can go unless, like, this is like the ending of that movie, like Lucy, where Scarlett (laughs) (laughs) Johansson just like in the room and she is the computer now or whatever that movie was
1: about. It's been a while. (laughs) It's been a a long time. uh, Weird parallel to draw. Yeah. Well, that's where my headspace is right now. You know what? Tom Green is using 100% of his brain. Yeah, he
0: is at all times, too. And we'll get there Probably.
1: Gord spends a tenth of that money on an elaborate thank you to Betty for inspiring him and the remainder to relocate the Brody house to Pakistan (laughs) with his father inside unconscious. A response to Jim's earlier put down that if this were Pakistan, you would have been sewing soccer balls when you were four years old.
0: Now, let's unpack this (laughs) because he uses a tenth of that money on an elaborate thank you to Betty, which involves a helicopter. He does that by renting a helicopter, saying, go to the roof, Betty. And then he gives her jewels. Jewels. Literal jewels. (laughs) Just a bag of
1: jewels. (laughs) I got you jewels.
0: Then he sneaks into his dad's house, dressed in, like, commando gear, (laughs) and tranquilizes his father. Yep. Then (laughs) he transports the Brody house to Pakistan. Jim wakes up and now he's got a a five o'clock shadow despite being probably
1: unconscious for like a week. And he's hooked up to an IV, which I love. It's so good. And the entire house is like on a pedestal on the back of a truck. Very weird. Very weird. And Gord is just driving him around Pakistan. Well, Gord appears on an elephant. Let's not forget. Let's not forget about the elephant because we've already jerked off a horse.
0: How can we escalate from jerking off a horse? That's an easy one. Jerk you jerk off, off an elephant.
1: An elephant onto Rip Torn, and Rip Torn gets hit with this
0: elephant ejaculate. Like, I don't, like the elephants a fucking riot police or whatever,
1: spraying a <laughs> hose at the crowd. <laughs> a hose full of tapioca pudding. Is that what it was? That's what I read somewhere. I don't want to believe that. Why? I want to believe that I'd Tom much Green, believe-
0: the <laughs> artist himself, spent all of his off time jerking off an elephant. Gathering it, and then putting it into like an Orlando Magic T-shirt gun or something like that—that that <laughs> fires at a crowd.
1: And Rip Torn was just like, "Yeah, I'm fine with it.
0: Yeah, it's fine. How much are you paying me? It's not enough to be in this cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> sure, you can do that to me.
1: I think a tapioca cannon is just as disgusting. Well, no. From now on, calling it a tapioca cannon—that's
0: what you're calling your wiener. <laughs>
1: I didn't say what I was calling the tapioca we knew
0: we knew it was inferred that you were talking about your wiener
1: yes it was inferred
0: I don't think we've ever talked about our wieners on this on this show ever any show we've
1: ever done well I mean if there's there's ever been a time
0: yeah this is wow groundbreaking really Is that true I don't know it can't be
1: there's no possible way (laughs) it can't be our wieners have never come up
0: Oh, no, I, I mean word choice <laughs> that's uh, a tricky one you just walked into there
1: now, I, I I distinctly remember moments in the Cape Podcasters knocking on the bottom of a table
0: that definitely definitely happened that was an undertable Favreau salute
1: <laughs> so our wieners have come up before yeah that's a good point it might be the first time on Beer Me and Movie though
0: there's gonna be some weirdo who listens to our show who's gonna like I start up like it's own on website this. Like Wiener Tracker or something like that. Wiener Tracker, yes. And it's just going to track all the times we talk about our wiener. And you know, I don't know how many it is. Honestly, we got a new no app clue.
1: coming out. It's called Wiener Tracker. Find out what moments in all of your favorite podcasts the hosts talk about their wieners. Timestamps, episode numbers, we
0: got it all. Exactly. And there's going to be a digital wiener on it. That is a grower. <laughs> the more times we talk about the wiener,
1: <laughs> the the amount spent on each episode talking about wieners. Will show you, uh, be depicted in length of of the button you click on to get to that part of the episode.
0: Exactly. Like I feel like if we have ever talked about our wieners before, <laughs> according ne- to like the wiener tracker, never this. Mostly it's been in a like uh, cool chode, fine, right. But right. now I feel like we've officially like crossed into the wiener terry of like full fucking hog <laughs> the wiener terry. The wiener
1: terry. <laughs> full fucking hog, bordering on horse dick.
0: Oh, I feel like we might have surpassed horse dick. Like, for sure, past horse. By the way, horse dicks look weird.
1: They sure do. And there's still a debate on whether or not this is a prop dick attached to the horse or if Tom Green actually did it.
0: I didn't watch the ending long enough to see if any animals were harmed, but also if you jerk off a horse, is that really harming the animal?
1: Is that harming it, PETA? I stuck around for the credits specifically to see if that warning was there, and it was, so... Wow. That that little credit that no animals were harmed was there.
0: But then you have like a prop master out there who like found out that he was working on this movie and he just gets a whole bunch of like prosthetic bum-bums ready like it's <laughs> Spice World or something. Yeah. But instead, he's got to make a horse dick. And then you know that he has to go to a stud farm to research horse sticks right. and like take measurements of it and like Casted. try to figure out the girth of this thing. <laughs> he's putting it in like plaster of paris as he's sitting there. <laughs> Trying to get a proper measurement because you got to
1: make this, it look as realistic as possible. This movie only had a $14 million budget. I could see Tom Green going, fuck it, I'll do it live. Oh, absolutely. He did it live. I'm convinced he did it live. He's the only one who claims that it's a fake dick. It's people who like cast and crew were like, no, he actually did that. What's he trying to like be mysterious about? Are you trying to protect your ego, Tom Green? Because <laughs> got news for you.
0: I am a fancy artist. I would never touch a real horse, Prenus!
1: <laughs> but yeah, Pakistan, Pakistan! Elephant! Ejaculate! All of that. And what Wikipedia leaves out here is what I think might be the most important part of this movie. Rip Torn asks Gord, for the love of God, how did you afford all of this? And he says, I sold my cartoon. It got a million dollars. And Rip Torn is like, you got a million dollars? You must actually be pretty good at this. This must be like a real thing. It is. I mean, as
0: touching as you can get for <laughs> Tom Torn. Green being kicked in the chest by an elephant and, <laughs> and getting Rick knocked Torn across Pakistan, there. and Rick Torn lying there, covered falling out of his elevated house that's on the back of a, a truck, covered in tapioca ejaculate. <laughs> Tapijaculate. That's right. <laughs> like you know how. How, who's the, the fuckers who just did OK Go Yogurt? Oh, um,
1: I, I don't know. I heard about this, though.
0: I almost said like Nabisco, but they don't do yogurt. It's probably like Yoplait or some do. shit like that. But whoever did it is like, they they came up with the name OK Go, and then they're suing the band OK Go.
1: Like This yogurt has for existed trademark. for seven <laughs> for days. How are you already infringing on our copyright here, you band? Makes no sense to me. It's like
0: they have some of the biggest videos on the internet.
1: Yeah. And you have the audacity. We're going to sue the band. Yogurt Empire. Because they stole our idea to put the yogurt uh, containers on treadmills for the commercial.
0: Unreal. (laughs) I don't know where Tappy Ejaculate or whatever is getting out of there, but (laughs) I mean, it's probably on the Goop
1: site. Uh, Probably. There's (laughs) There's probably something elephant themed on Goop, right? I'm happy you asked. That right there is what we call a segue. There has never been a more appropriate episode for some some goop talk. You want to hear what's new? What's new on goop? Once
0: again, we go right to the wellness section of goop. Of course. Because what's the point of anything else? (laughs) But in the wellness section, I love the juxtaposition that they use for their items because it's insanity. Because you can go from... A Quip Smart Electric Toothbrush, $45, okay. very sensible, Super which is reasonable. good, to a Move plus six month subscription on the Tempo, which is a clutter-free weight training system with built-in support, and you can go directly down one row, one row, to the Kiki de Montparnasse Tufted Boudoir Chase, which is a leather chase decked out with stirrups and restraints. <laughs> Directly under the clip toothbrush, and then directly under the weight said is the cowgirl sex machine. A riding machine that puts you on top.
1: Oh. Yeah. Do they have a bundle with all four things?
0: They don't, but that would be something they could get on top of.
1: <laughs> hey. <laughs> You're welcome, Gwyneth. Look, the toothbrush makes sense. You don't want to do all that stuff with stinky breath. <laughs> you absolutely don't. You don't want to ride a robot while you got the gingivitis going exactly. on. That robot's going to judge you.
0: It'll know. It'll know. But since you were asking about some sort of combo pack. Yeah. They do have one, and it is 30% off, and it is on the Lover Kit. Ooh. It is a limited edition set that combines their best-selling heart-shaped vibrator, which (laughs) looks like a heart. Okay. Like a proper heart, not like a human heart that gets ripped out of a chest and put in a doggy bag, Dumb and Dumber style. That would be right. ridiculous.
1: Right. Don't be insane.
0: Exactly. But it also comes with their famous tinted lip balm set. Okay. So realistically, your upper lips and your bottom lips are getting the, the same amount of like care, the same amount of attention for 30% off. <laughs> all right. That's which is good. It's a good combo pack. <laughs> and the last one I want to talk about is the Wee Vibe. Okay. Like, if you've heard about these different vibrators and whatnot that have the remote attached. Right. So the dude can kind of, like, control the remote, or the girl can control the remote. She doesn't have to, like, he's laying her back and not have to worry about putting her hands down there or something yeah. like that. Just you push know. a button. She's like a, like a massage chair. Uh, this is the same exact thing, but it's the old switcheroo. The old switcheroo? How? Because it's a cock ring oh. that is remote controlled. So the gentleman puts this ring over his gentleman's sausage. His prenus. And the lady could just kind of tap that old button there, and the man could get what I presume would be the most uncomfortable feeling at all time. <laughs> like, all the time.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the, the vibrating of the- I
0: don't know. Like, if you're feeling adventurous, and like you're trying to get your man on board with watching the Real Housewives of wherever the fuck, or whatever, and he's just like, absolutely fucking not. And she's like, Pavlov's you with this thing. Somehow, like she she's like, oh, I want to keep this on you because I want to be adventurous now. That's what I want to do. And I'll just hit the button
1: whenever hit the button whenever and all and of whenever. A sudden-
0: yeah. And whenever he starts, like, putting his hand into his pocket, pulling out an actual gun and putting it to his temple, she'll just, like, hit the, the prenus button. <laughs> so he gets joy out of it instead.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. So next thing you know, every time America's next top model comes on, you get a boner. Exactly. And you can't explain it at all. No, it's just I've, conditioning.
0: You could like do really fucked up things. Like if you guys are like in like New York City for the weekend or whatever, you're taking the subway, every single time the door closes it says watch for the closing doors, she pushes the button. Oh, so that next man. time he's like going to work or something like that, he gets transferred to a a, a, <laughs> a big fancy computer job in the city. And he's on the subway. And watch the closing doors. And then he just gets a boner in public.
1: Yeah, can't he? Can't explain it. That's devious. Can't even go listen to that one AJR song anymore. Cause he the can't same do. It. Guy.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the newest stuff on the goop.
1: Stay clear of the closing
0: doors. <laughs> That's what it is. Or go down the Bing. Jersey Shore. Watch the tram car, please. Ah. Oh.
1: <laughs> so yeah. Uh Gord sold the, the show, and and this is the moment where I was like, is this movie autobiographical? Like, it's just him being shocked that somebody gave him money to make a thing because he keeps doing these fucking ridiculous <laughs> things along the way. And then? And then Gord and Jim soon come to terms and are abducted and held hostage. Yep. He <laughs> get kidnapped. The kidnapping becomes a news item because Gord's series has already become super popular. Everybody's watching the zebras in America and the creator is being held hostage. So, after 18 months in captivity, Gordon and Jim are returned to America where a huge crowd, including Betty and Darren, welcomes them home.
0: And I love how the Canadian Tom Green has the last <laughs> shot of him getting in a car freeze framed in front of the American flag. In front of the American
1: flag. It's so good.
0: It's perfect because oh. this movie's
1: perfect. I didn't know I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. I love it, man. I've been saying it for
0: years and years and years and years, and people call me crazy. It's and you want absolutely
1: absurd. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're all right. You're you're right. It's it doesn't feel good to like it, but, but damn it, I do. And it, is, there's something there's something about it that it feels so intentional that it's it's smart in its own way,
0: and that's what everyone started talking about after this movie had time to kind of percolate a little more, because obviously. When the
1: movie came out, it got destroyed. Yeah. I mean, your snap decision after seeing this is going to be like, what did I just watch?
0: Well, Roger Ebert did see this. We've talked about this before. We yeah. have. And uh, out of one to four stars, what do you think he gave it? A uh, zero? It was a zero because he just gave it a thumbs down. <laughs> Straight up <laughs> thumbs down. And what he said was, it's been leading up to this all spring. When David Spade got buried in crap and Joe Dirt- And when three supermodels got buried in crap and head over heels. And when human organs fell from a hot air balloon and monkey bone. And were eaten by dogs. And when David Arquette rolled around in dog crap. And a gangster had his testicle bitten off in C-Spot Run. And when a (laughs) testicle was eaten in Tomcats. Well, somehow, the handwriting was on the wall. There had to be a movie like Freddy Got Fingered coming along. Had to. And then he goes on to say... This movie doesn't scrape the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't the bottom of the barrel. This movie isn't below the bottom of the barrel. This movie doesn't deserve to be mentioned in the same sentence with barrels.
1: Famous, famous review.
0: It absolutely is. But there's a continuation to that review that no one talks about. And it's because the continuation comes in Roger Ebert's review of Stealing Harvard. Oh, okay. Where he says, Seeing Tom Green reminded me as how could it not, of his movie Freddy Got Fingered, (laughs) which was so poorly received by the film critics that it received only one lonely, apologetic positive review on the tomato meter. I gave it, let's see, zero stars. Bad movie, especially the scene where Tom Green was whirling the newborn infant around his head by its umbilical cord. (laughs) But, the thing is, I remember Freddy Got Fingered more than a year later. I refer to it sometimes. It is a milestone. Holy shit. And for all its sins, it was at least an ambitious movie, a go-for-broke attempt to accomplish something. It failed, but it has not left me convinced that Tom Green doesn't have good work in him. Anyone with his nerve and total lack of taste is sooner or later going to make a movie worth seeing. Oh my god. He came around. That's insane to me. Roger Ebert. Came around, and this is one of his most famous negative reviews.
1: Yeah, and did he come around because even in that review, he says multiple times, still not a good movie, but he sees the thought and potential in Tom Green.
0: Tom Green made something that people remember, and people who haven't seen this movie no, Daddy, Would You Like Some Sausage?
1: Even if Wikipedia doesn't even reference the scene at all.
0: Not even a little bit, but that scene is so famous Daddy, would you like from some this time some period
1: sausage? that like it makes you think that you've seen this movie when you probably haven't. It's true. I thought I had seen the movie, and I had not. Now that I have, everything has changed. Story and motivation, I'm going to go like four. The story, as much as there is a story there, and it might be an autobiographical one about just... The sheer shock that he was. Able I don't to think that's sell. it at all. <laughs> I, I, do, I, I honestly think yeah. it is.
0: I, I mean, I think he was just looking for an end of a movie at a point.
1: Well, I mean, at one point, there's people holding a sign that says, When is this damn movie going to end?
0: Oh, that's a good point.
1: Yeah. All right, <laughs> five, because you made me realize something. Five. I think that's that's still generous. <laughs> based it's incredibly on generous. The meandering that this movie does for just the sheer shock value and. Parody of the entire genre of dark humor and you know like trauma movies. This is this is clearly playing off of that,
0: without a doubt. But also, let me get this out of the way. Also, we are going to beat the tomato meter
1: because yeah, ron I, tomatoes,
0: that's... this movie got an eleven percent, and we're no, going to blow that out of the water. There's no chance. the audience score though is a legitimate threat this time.
1: Okay, TBD. Yes, let's talk about casting. It's inspired. It is inspired. Jerry Stiller and Gene Wilder both turned down the role of Jim Brody.
0: I can't imagine Gene Wilder playing (laughs) Jim Brody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They both said that the script was far too offensive and they did not take the role. But Rip Torn, Rip Torn is like the perfect choice for that character. He really is. He's so over the top in the best way. That it makes that caricature at the end make
0: sense. It does, but he also was able to match the energy of Tom Green. Which is really hard to do. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm going to go eight. Eight? Yeah, big boy score on that one. It's a really good bit of casting here. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, Eddie K. Thomas as Freddie, the titular character. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, he's there. Okay. He doesn't. He's not really important in any of this. And we didn't even talk about the Malloys.
1: The Malloys. Oh, the Malloys.
0: You have Mr. Malloy, who's this really kind of creepy dad in a way.
1: Yeah, he's the next door neighbor of the Bros. Yeah.
0: And then you have Andy Malloy, who gets. I don't want to say he gets beaten because that makes it sound like his daddy's doing it. Right. But the world literally hits him in the face with everything it possibly can
1: Every throughout single the entire movie. This kid is in. He gets injured in the face. Like severely. Injured. Severely. To the point where. In order to avoid the NC-17 rating, the last scene of the movie had to have a voiceover added to it where Andy says, I'm okay. That's insane to me. And the yeah. one that, like,
0: <laughs> always gets me to flinch a little bit is when he's running to the LeBaron to say bye to Gord, and he trips and falls into the car oh door his face. <laughs> oh. oh, God, it's terrific. But, yeah, it's inspired
1: casting. Inspired. We'll give it the eight. Way too high. So I know high. That. Protagonist.
0: It's Gord, obviously. It's
1: Gord. I mean, he goes about his <sighs>
0: life. Yeah, eventually accomplishes his dream. He does accomplish his dream. It takes him a long way to get there.
1: Eighteen months in captivity, too. And that's well, that's after he gets the dream.
0: Five. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cowardly. Five. 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 Um. That's getting the the rare <laughs> negative one jerked off an elephant bump. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Antagonist. Rip fucking Torn as Jim Brody. Rip fucking Torn. He's one of the all-time greats in this movie. So good. The way he smashes that keyboard just puts his foot through a keyboard while his son is playing him a song.
0: He pulls down his pants, slaps his ass, and yells at Tom Green to fuck him. I don't remember Darth Vader ever doing that to Luke Skywalker. And yeah, he's looked I don't either. As one of the worst daddies in film.
1: <laughs> I also, you know, I appreciate that you said daddy because he's never called dad in the movie. He's always daddy. Exactly. So let's go with a seven. Seven for ripped over. Right from the gut. <laughs> I like it. Let's talk about the screenplay. Is there one? That is, is a my question. Great question. <laughs> there are two
0: writers: this is Tom Green and Derek Harvey. You know, I'm going to Google if there's a screenplay or not. I think I have there no is. Clue. There I has to be, but I, I can't imagine what's actually on it.
1: A lot of these scenes felt like Tom Green had a movie in mind. And then as soon as he got bored with the scene, he would do something ridiculous. And that's what made it into the movie.
0: There's plenty of, like, transcripts from the movie, but I can't find a proper screenplay.
1: I'm curious to know how much of this is improvised.
0: I feel like, I mean, Tom Green can improvise on the spot. He's got, like, that oh,
1: absolutely.
0: certain cadence to his talk where he goes back, repeats the same line, but in a different way. He's kind of like an actor, like, doing a second take of it. You don't want to give the same reading the first that you did the first time. Yeah. But he's doing it all in the same take as he goes through it, <laughs> and it does escalate in funniness. It's kind of like Seth MacFarlane in a way Yeah, with that. Repetition is humor. It can be, sometimes, <laughs>
1: yes. For screenplay, I'm going to go, yeah, two. Two.
0: <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine that there's much there.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's going to bring us to style and tone, and God damn it, this is going to score high.
0: I think it has to score pretty high, because this movie's gotten looked at now that it's like so far removed from being released. And people are saying that this movie is A, terrible, B, cult classic, or C, holy shit, that's genius. Yeah. And the general consensus for the most part is Tom Green knew exactly what he was doing.
1: That's, yeah, that is what my key takeaway was, was regardless of whether you think it is good or bad or inspired or... It is exactly the movie that Tom Green intended to make the entire time.
0: If you were a fan of Tom Green late 90s into early 2000s when he was big and you were a fan of like the Tom Green show and his absurdist humor and his sort of man on the street type attitude that he had,
1: then this is absolutely for you. This is 100% what you were signing up for when you go see this movie.
0: And one of the best things I read while reading about this movie and trying to understand what it was, was they said that. He tried to capture that man on the street feel, but he made the audience the man on the street. He put the audience into that uncomfortable position. To which Tom Green said in a totally different interview, I wanted to kind of push the limits on what audiences would accept. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And he absolutely did. For style and tone, I'm going to give Freddie Got Fingered a full-blown 10.
1: (laughs) I think it deserves it. Which brings us to director.
0: Tom Green is a terrible director. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I have no other way of putting it. Yeah, he knew exactly what he was doing making this movie,
1: but... <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, the main character, very well directed.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I'll give you that. Rip Torn, I don't even know if they gave him direction. Just I don't said, know. Do you direct Rip Torn. Rip
1: Torn, or do you just let him go? I'm going to go three. I think that's appropriate.
0: For as inspired as the casting was, there's nothing inspiring about his direction. About the direction. The, although the style and tone.
1: Through very the roof. high. Yes. And the intention behind it. Great. The directing itself.
0: A lot of things that I read said this is one of the most divisive movies ever made.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. Music.
0: They used the song Cars while he's in a car. That's kind of fun. They
1: did. Honestly, I, the soundtrack to this movie is pretty good. It's not bad. The actual score, not good. No. no. Mikey Simpson.
0: Yeah. <laughs> not great uh, four.
1: four, For For the real Slim Shady.
0: That's right. Oh, God, I forgot that was even in the movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that brings us to Box Office. This movie had a budget, an estimated budget of $14 million. Worldwide, it made $14.3 million. Yeah! So I got 102%, back. 102%, which, based on our current score, is a three. That's okay. I think that is <laughs> the most appropriate we've ever given anything for box office. I think you're right. It came out the same week as Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles <laughs> and finished behind <laughs> it. So, uh, opening weekend. It
0: made half its money back, but then throughout its life, it only made the other half back. But also, on DVD, in terms of sales, this thing exploded.
1: Yeah, well, what I read was that part of the reason this movie failed the box office was because Tom Green fans were all young teenagers and were buying tickets for other movies and sneaking in to see this because it was rated R. So all the profits went to other movies that came out the same weekend while this film suffered. So people were buying tickets to Spy Kids and Joe Dirt.
0: Hey man, you got to see your movies however you can. And Joe that's and what the it Pussy
1: comes Cats. down to. <laughs> yeah. So that is going to be a three for box office. And then the final category is impact on the industry.
0: This movie came out twenty two years ago. Yes. And we are still talking about it, which says something. That's because true. Tom Green himself is a bit of a time capsule. Yes. His star burned very, very brightly for a very brief amount of time. (laughs) But, oh boy,
1: was it bright. He was not here for a long time, but he was here for a good time.
0: He was, and the time he was here, I mean, he put out some ridiculously memorable
1: things. Absolutely. He uh, recently did um, the show on Amazon Prime, Laughing Out Loud. The Canadian edition, where they just basically the premise of the show is they put a bunch of comedians in a room, and if you laugh, you're out. And it is one of the funniest things ever. And so, the Canadian edition, he was obviously one of the main players, and it's it, it, so good. So good. I he still have that it. out.
0: He did a really good interview with uh, Pete Holmes on You Made It Weird, okay, where he kind of got to talking about how brightly his star burned for that brief amount of time and also. Why the fuck would anybody give him $14 million to make a movie?
1: <laughs>
0: I can't say the impact's enormous, obviously. Right. I'm a sane human being. Well, but,
1: it did yeah. make the Toronto Star Institute an all-new rating.
0: Sure, fine. Uh, <laughs> six. Six? That is definitely higher than I thought you were going to go. It was lower than I thought I was going to go. <laughs> like, I thought I was coming into a safe area.
1: Uh six. Six. Go from the gut. (laughs) It is from the gut. That is going to give Freddy Got Fingered a surprisingly high score of 53. Oh, shit. We got
0: so close to the audience score. The audience score Rotten Tomatoes was 56. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Freakishly close. (laughs) Oops. I guess we still know what we're doing. I guess so. I guess As long as we're close to
1: one of the scores, we can claim that this is working out just perfectly.
0: Right, exactly, or hopefully people keep listening and buying our bullshit, right? (laughs) That's kind of the goal. Yeah. So, Brian, I'm going to give myself a big old high five for this one, because I was fantastic in this choice. Excellent choice. choice. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Other Dave? Other Dave? Same Dave? Dave. Jesus Christ. Impact on this movie. Dave Davidson? In my brain. Dumbest name ever. Makes me laugh every time. (laughs) Brian, next week is your turn to beer me a movie.
1: That's right. And how do you follow up Freddy Got Fingered?
0: You don't. That's the end of the show. Bye, everybody, um, for forever.
1: Really think of the last few weeks we've had. The Godfather, Paddington, Freddy Got Fingered. That's a trajectory that Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a segue here. Mad Max Fury Road. (laughs) Fan fucking tastic I know you've never seen it before! (laughs) Oh, my God! I am so excited! I, I figured you go from the really bad to something that is, what I've heard, very good. In the last 10 years, did that come out in the last day? I'm pretty sure it did. It sure
0: did. In the did. last decade, the three movies that have stood out to me the most, and I'm going to put them in order. Do it. Number three, Everything Ever All at Once. Yes. Number two, Get Out. Ooh. Number one, Mad Max Fury Road. Wow. When I saw it in theaters, it blew my fucking mind. Wow. That's high praise. What year did Whiplash come out? Because uh, it's on my list. I know this. Twenty fourteen. It came uh-huh. out, and it would definitely be top five.
1: Okay, because as soon as you said top three, I thought that was gonna. I thought it was gonna pop up. But no, Whiplash is unbelievable. Such a good movie, and we'll get I'm there. Sure we we'll get, we'll there. get
0: there probably pretty soon, I'd imagine. <laughs> but next week, Brian finally gets to watch Mad Max:
1: Fury Road. Until then, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you listen to us on. Join us on Patreon this month for the Return of the Cape podcasters with Black Widow further into the MCU. And we're going to keep on doing whatever we feel like on the Patreon. So come hang out. Patreon's been a lot of fun. It's been so much fun because we've just been able to do whatever we want. Not even movies for two of the last three months so. exactly it's fantastic <laughs> you can email your questions and comments to beer me a movie pod and you can follow us on social media at beer a on facebook instagram youtube twitch and at beermeamoviepod on twitter and on facebook and twitter we put up a post on our recording day asking for your questions and comments
0: and we got a bunch
1: oh a bunch
0: a whole bunch firstly This is more of a comment than anything. Michael Karlstrom says, I don't know why I love this movie, but I do. And it worries me. And that's fair, Michael. That's completely fair, because I have the same feelings you do, and I'm worried about me.
1: I am also worried about myself, by how much I like this.
0: But the thing is, it's not a guilty pleasure. Nothing ever is. That's right. It's just a
1: pleasure. Just a pleasure. Nothing to feel guilty about.
0: Kyle from the Experience Grind podcast wants to know, are you qualified to be a horse farmer?
1: (laughs) I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> that's the
0: right move, man.
1: It's just not. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm about as qualified as Tom Green. Fair enough.
0: Phil <laughs> Hawkins wants to know, what's your favorite kind of sausage? Oh,
1: that's actually a very good question.
0: No, it's not. It's the easiest one I've ever been asked in my life.
1: Really? What's your favorite kind of sausage? Kill my sausage. Your, your butt cheeks, butt cheeks is, warm. is warm. I'm more of like a chorizo guy. Got a little too much spice for me. Or just maybe, like, good old-fashioned, like, a maple breakfast sausage. That's an easy one.
0: Like, right out of the box, you slap the thing in the microwave? Yeah. That's not a bad one. Like, you're hungover. That's
1: going to hit the spot every time. Honestly, I'm not going to turn away most sausages. No, that's very fair.
0: Micah Perdue wrote in. He
1: wants to know, if your bum was to
0: be placed, perhaps on something, what would it be? What would I place my bum on? Yep, and my answer is Micah.
1: Right now my bum is on this futon It's feeling pretty comfy
0: Fair enough, it's a boring answer
1: It's a very boring answer, I'm about to move this bum into a bed
0: Fair (laughs) enough again Uh, i just sit right on down On Micah's lap Just make him suffer for having to ask that question My bum is on (laughs) Micah That's perfect (laughs) Mike Lanham wrote in He's got again a two part question I feel like this is just his M.O. at this point He says we all outkick our coverage, but peak Tom Green pulled down Drew Barrymore. Who is your favorite Hollywood odd couple? Then he says, who outkick their coverage more? Tom Green with Drew Barrymore or the Snozberry dude from Super Troopers and Christina
1: Hendricks? Oh my god, definitely Snozberry guy. And answer the first part, anyone Pete Davidson's with? <laughs> anyone. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to take the same answer there because I, I don't understand.
0: <laughs> it it blows my mind. <laughs> it absolutely makes no sense. And the last question that we have, I'm not even going to bother reading who it's from. Ahoy, hoy! Oh, God. I've never seen this movie. I will never see this movie, but I still need to know. Wed, bed, behead! These classic 2001 comedies. Freddy Got Fingered, The Animal Starring Rob Schneider, <laughs> Rob Schneider and Schneider. Corky Romano, starring oh Chris Catan. God.
1: Thank you all, hang up and listen. Well, I'm marrying Freddie Got Fingered.
0: Absolutely.
1: Between the other two, it's very difficult.
0: I'm probably going to bed corking Romano with Chris Catan. Okay. Just because I dislike Rob Schneider that much? I think...
1: So, I'm inclined to agree with you, because I really dislike Rob Schneider also. But... I feel like if you bed Rob Schneider, you get access to Adam Sandler and all of his more fun friends. I'm not sure you do. That's true.
0: I feel like Rob Schneider is going to be a controlling asshole. And also, Kyle from the Experience Crime Podcast commented on this, and he said... The only disappointment is that I can only behead Rob Schneider once. Which <laughs> yeah. I agree with, unless of course you dumb and dumber you, you tape the, the parrot head on there.
1: Oh again. yeah, there you go.
0: You could do that. That's a fun solution. Repeatedly take that head off of Rob just Schneider. So that's easy enough. Behead him. And maybe that's as what we long do. As
1: possible. Over and over. Yeah.
0: I'll practice my sewing skills, sewing up his stupid neck, and then I'll just keep <laughs> knocking it off with various things mythbuster style. I like it. Okay, yeah, I'm in. Done. Thank you again. <laughs> I'd pay good money to see that. You could put that in movie theaters a hundred times. I will see it. You can do it. Cut his fucking head off. <laughs>
1: Perfect. That's the trailer. We did it.
0: Everybody, thank you so much for listening and for writing in and asking your question. <laughs> Brian, do you have anything
1: else? Nothing from
0: me. Fantastic. Next week, Brian's pick. Mad Max. Fury Road. We'll see you then. Gorsh! Mad Max Fury Road next week. I remember a time that I made Max pretty mad myself, but that's a story for another time.